Tonight's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Eagles tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. So I'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids. Wow. Gets, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. We're editing that one out. That didn't come out play. There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday evening. Bo Wolf here in my basement. Shil Kapadia there in his, and ZB, Z-Berm, or Berm, however you prefer to be addressed, somewhere in his house. Hello, everybody. I am not in my basement. I am in my kitchen. Wow. We have some, we have some issue going on with a hot water heater that uh, could be a big issue, might not be a big issue, but the, the wife and kids have packed up and headed to the grandparents, and uh, I'll be doing the same after this, so uh, hopefully I make it through. Wow, but that gives you the opportunity to, to record in the kitchen. How palatial. Recording in the kitchen. We got some windows. People can see me. They can wonder, wonder what is this uh, idiot doing at 835? The town is a... called Media for a Reason. Yeah, okay. Everybody's doing their, doing their own podcast in, in media, I presume. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, Zach, how are you this evening? I'm great. Excited for the podcast. All right, well, we are going to get to uh, the bird on the street in Eagles land. We will get to Shields' extensive Squall 22. He said he had lots of very interesting nuggets to pass along from the Eagles' victory over the New York Jets. And then we're going to talk some trade possibilities with a little special edition of Quackatology. How does that sound? Nothing has ever sounded better, and I say that with the utmost sincerity. (laughs) All right, fair How did it go from Woodpecker You Rather to Quackatology? Yes, I gave you guys a head up. It was going to be a Woodpecker You Rather, but I have decided that uh, Quackatology will be more fun. So each, you know, each, uh, each Quackatology matchup will be a Woodpecker You Rather, but it's, I, it's I, a fun did, you, did you just go singular? I gave you guys a head up? I said heads up. Uh, Z-Berm? Uh, I'm staying out of this one. I, 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 I would need to review the up. tape. Well, whoever reviews the tape, I, I, I have exceptional hearing, and I heard head up. So uh, I'll be anxious to hear what our listeners say. Well, listen, that's a good question, uh, but I'm going to have to, I'm gonna, you know, I, I can't really give you a good answer until I, until I look at the tape. So uh, okay. you know, ask me again later this week. That's fair. So what's going on with the Eagles, Zach? 
Uh, we heard from the coordinators today. We had a locker room session that featured at most three living, breathing members of the Eagles roster. And uh, we talked to Doug Peterson yesterday. Why don't you give me what you think are the uh, the biggest news items? Yeah, it wasn't a robust locker room period today. Uh, as as we address in our beat back and forth, some interesting items that come out of Doug Peterson yesterday. We'll start with Deshaun Jackson because I think there's obviously a lot of intrigue about him. He's going to ramp up his activity this week, which will include running, but it certainly doesn't sound as if uh, it's likely he'll play on Sunday against Minnesota. It sounded like you and I both had that interpretation, correct? Correct. Yes. So uh, that's the Deshaun news. At, at running back, Doug Peterson uh, certainly made it sound like they're going to go to Jordan Howard more going forward. He said it's trending in that direction. Miles Sanders will still have a big role, obviously. Doug really touted Miles in the passing game. Uh, but in terms of running the ball, it looks like Jordan Howard is going to be closer to the lead back or as close as the Eagles are willing to go. And, yeah, then, and, and we he, talked about this on the beat back and forth. I'm not so sure I read that as like, you know, anything significantly different than exactly what we've seen the last two weeks. Exactly. It just won't be like what it was week one, week two, you know, where he was clearly second or third even. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And speaking of third, uh, Darren Sproles, he, has, he is week to week um, with – a quadriceps injury and uh for some context or perspective here a year ago he was day-to-day and he, he was day-to-day for eight weeks right so the fact that he's week to week makes you uh makes you a little curious he'll be here. back in 2022 <laughs> um in which case you can tweet out your story then right? there you go uh, uh but uh darren sproles he he it, it came at at i was gonna say it, it came at a good time it's never a good time to get hurt but he did. He finally the, crossed the threshold. Yeah, he he finally went into the top five. Although you saw just how valuable he is as a punt returner, because Corey Clement, um, are we calling that a muff? You know, he 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 didn't like catch it and drop it. He kind of went after yeah. it because he thought it hit Ryan Lewis. Whatever it was, it was, was a it was a misplay. Fumble. Yeah, a misplay. Good. That's that's a good word. They immediately benched him from from that role, put Nelson Aguilar in for the next one. Uh, it sounds like Corey's going to be the first one up. Nelson will be in the mix. But if you remember the Colts game last year, so that was week three, uh, Corey Clement muffed two uh, punts that day as well. Jeez. So I don't know if I, if I really trust Corey Clement in, in that role. I asked Doug Peterson about it. Doug said he, he doesn't get a lot of work at it in practice. So if he gets, if he gets work and practice at it, it will help him. What I didn't really understand about that answer is – you know, this isn't like you're like working with the quarterback, you know, where you need to be with the ones. I mean, he, he does catch punts in practice. So um, I'm not quite sure how that adds up. But you, I, I, I mean, what's going you, on with these coaches and practices? <laughs> what kind of answer is that? I mean, <laughs> do you not have a contingency plan if the, if the first guy goes down? Yeah, like you said, what else is he, what else is he possibly doing during that time? Well, I think that was more Doug saying that. We've all been to practices where we literally see there's like six like, guys. Exactly. So I, I think that was Doug, like just trying to come up with a reason why Corey Clement was. Do you guys uh, fumbled? Do you guys hear I'm, that? I'm, do, I'm do, just, do you guys hear one. that? Is it? It sounds like um, more than a feeling. Is it? It's it's Boston Scots music. <laughs> uh. 
I, you think I you're going to do like that? A beeping in the background or something. That was the joke. Boston Scott, Bosco, bring him in. We need a professional here. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that, 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 I mean, I mean that's certainly a, a possibility. As is the practice squad receiver that they brought in from Atlanta. I would be, uh, I would be, Williams. I would be shocked if they promote that guy over Boston Scott. Um, so wait, so I and, and I'm sorry. The the reason I was slow responding to you is because I I wanted to make sure I am not misquoting Doug. And what Doug said was, we just have to get him some reps this week. He's missed some time, obviously, but he hasn't done enough of it in practice because he's working special teams in other areas. Nonsense. Uh, so I, I guess he's been well, – uh, uh, I, I guess based on that answer, he's been working uh, with the special teams at, you know, on other spots besides the return rule. In any event, uh, it is a big role because you, you, you can't fumble that – you can't fumble these punts. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm the so only tired job. of hearing – I'm so tired about hearing about reps. Well, this guy got reps. This guy didn't get reps. Figure well, you could out. tell it made a big difference uh, from week two to week three for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. <laughs> yeah, getting, I, getting those reps I was the sucker who wrote that story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's, uh, who's so those are the big things at, at uh, Novacare. Sunday. What was your question? Who, who are your starting cornerbacks on Sunday? Good question. I think that it. I think that the Sidney Jones will will be starting alongside Russell Douglas. What do you think, Zach? I agree. I would expect Sidney. I would expect Sidney to be back. And I expect that uh, Craig James will be finishing the game. Do you think Sidney's going to get hurt, or do you think Sidney's going to get benched? Uh, well, I, I don't think he'll get benched, but okay. Yeah. Then so, again, like you know, who knows if Minnesota's even going to be passing the ball. They passed it quite well last weekend. Mm, that's against fair. the New York Football Giants. And is Orlando Scandrick the nickel, or is Avante Maddox uh, going to be back? I do not think that Avante Maddox is going to be back. I think we Avante's doing a neck brace. Week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that answers it. Okay. Um, anything else from Doug yesterday, Zach? No, those were the big topics from Doug. Uh, the coordinators today. I was, I mean, for full disclosure, I was in the locker room during Jim Schwartz, so uh, you can fill our listeners in on Schwartz. I was uh, talking to Jason Kelsey during that period, and uh, Jason Kelsey was asked about going back to Minnesota, the scene of the Super Bowl, obviously. Said it hasn't really crossed his mind. You can ask him after the game if it kind of brings back memories, but going into it, it doesn't really register with him. Um, you know, I, I asked him about, uh, the, the three road games in a row. He said, it's not like they're going to the West coast. Uh, they're used it to is, getting on. It, it is. I, and I, they shouldn't be the ones that complain about it, but it is ridiculous. I agree. It is ridiculous. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, Why? because there's so many ways to avoid it. Because there, that's exactly right. Because there are so many ways to avoid it. They're the only team with three straight road games, which fine. There's always going to be like the only team that's this or that, but uh, there, there would have been so they could have thrown in a Washington or New York trip on any of these three games, and it would have made it completely fine. They could have given them a buy. Yeah, like they're, you know, they're, it's it's so, it is it's a little bit nonsense. I know that yeah. they like they can't get everything perfect, but come on, they get yeah, on a plane what once after week eight this year, and yes. you you you're gonna bring these uh, yeah they could have flip flopped that to the table. 
I mean, come on, give me a break. Who cares? Oh, please. It's one more. Oh Teams my have god, to go league, twice on league the road shill shill. No, I don't care about the league. I care about <laughs> people complaining about stupid stuff. It's I mean, not really. stupid. It's it is Teams it is to, it's an avoidable uh, error. Okay. It's like Every it's like a guy missing to, an, an easy block or muffing a punt. Have you seen like the Raiders schedule? What they have to do? Yeah, well, that's their own fault. I mean, so, like everybody so, has to go two weeks in a row on the road, right? Or a lot of teams. So yeah. yeah so the difference. So the, one so the Raiders week. one. Yeah, the, like the Raiders situation is actually worse. Um, but the difference there is they have it's technically considered home games, but you know it's it's like in neutral sites. Yeah, that's obviously. their own. That is their own doing. They're the ones pulling the plug on their on their home. Yeah. Stadium. No, I'm 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 with Shield that that, that you're going to play eight eight games regardless. I just think that and. It's it's not like uh, you know like Jason said it's it's not like they're going out to the West Coast and and, and frankly if you look in terms of miles flown um, it's that it's not that much different than like what Seattle probably does just going east you know uh, but that it's three said, straight weeks one of them's a primetime game it's not yeah, I mean it's the, not like the primetime game is a tough one I think you know because you get back at like four a.m. five a.m. and it must and be then, nice for them to get back before we're even going to be done recording, the, like starting the podcast. I guess, yeah, yeah. That's uh, no that that is a good point. That actually happened uh, on the last game. You know when uh, we were in the car driving from Lambeau Field to the airport, heroin drive. I'm looking, on, I'm looking on Instagram and I'm seeing like the players <laughs> are, are like back in Philly at that point. Yeah, um, Shields but long, no, Shields so, so that. Uh, that came up with Jason Kelsey. He was asked a lot about Mike Zimmer's double A gap blitzes. Oh, Jim uh, Schwartz was asked a lot about that. Uh, Mike Rowe was correct, not Jim Schwartz. Yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, but Jim Schwartz, he was asked about blitzing, uh, and then spoke to Orlando Skandrick, who uh, you know was was real. <laughs> I need to mention this on the podcast. Um, he was asked quite a bit about the the blitzing and the sacks and the touchdowns. But what he was really proud of in that game was the man-to-man opportunities against Jameson Crowder. He <laughs> thought he played really well. He said Jameson Crowder was their most productive receiver coming into the game. He was there. He said he, re- he heard on a podcast that it was the matchup that was going to determine the game. <laughs> he said he was their chain mover, and that was a huge assignment. And he had a lot of experience against Crowder. From his time in Dallas. Wait, he, this isn't a joke. He really said this. No, I swear to God. <laughs> like, 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 we could drop this audio in. And as he was saying this, I was like looking around because I was looking <laughs> there to hear this. Like, he went as people kept asking him about the blitzing. He rerouted the question to kind of talk about his coverage on Jameson Crowder. That's very well, funny. Thank you for listening, Jim. Yeah, thank you for listening, Orlando, and congratulations again on being one of the only two players in the NFL with and in your first and last name. I did not bring that up to him. Brandon Copeland is the other. I went through every roster. I just want you to know that. Um, yes. What's that's that? Why you're a good reporter. Uh, that's definitely up for debate. Um, from Jim Schwartz, he was asked, to, you know, he, he gave basically the scouting report for the game. We've got a great run defense. They've got a great run offense. We'll, we'll see how that matchup plays out. Um, he, uh, the, the, obviously, the, the highlight, if you listen to this press conference, was he was asked about Derek Barnett and his, you know, burgeoning reputation as a, uh, a dirty player with three personal fouls now. 
And he said, both my daughters wear Derek Barnett jerseys, so you know how I feel about him. So this confirms the theory that has been going on for two years, Sheil, that when I saw Jim Schwartz's, presumably his son, wearing a Jalen Mills jersey, that, that meant a lot. And so now we know that that did, in fact, mean a lot. Yeah, I was actually confused when I saw this on Twitter because I thought I remembered the Jalen Mills jersey. But okay, so his daughters wear the Derek Barnett jersey and his son wears the Jalen Mills jersey. Is that... Uh... As, that's, that's my understanding. Now, I will also add that uh, I can tell you from my time reporting the Derek Barnett story that Jim Schwartz's daughter goes to Brentwood Academy. So there's also a connection there. Which is where Derek Barnett went. Which is where Derek Barnett went. Okay. Um, also, and Jalen Ramsey, by the way, too. And Jalen Ramsey. And uh, for one point in time, Rashawn Golden. I will add that Jim Schwartz continues to lie and try to gaslight the entire city of Philadelphia by saying that Craig James played the first two defensive snaps of his career against the Packers when, in fact, he played one defensive snap in the Atlanta Falcons game. This is like the thing that really nobody is going to care about, but I can ju- you're just going to be mentioning it every week, aren't you? If he keeps saying it, like I feel like I'm going crazy. Okay. The well, thing that, that they correct him, up. step up. I know. I well, I need to. The thing about the Schwartz press conference that that kind of rubs me the wrong way, and he he does this a lot, is uh, when Paul Domowich, our our colleague at the Inquirer, uh, says uh, says. Uh, I think you blitz 16 times, another six maybe zone blitzes. And Schwartz says, I don't count them. You guys count them. I don't. <laughs> I got to think Jim Schwartz knows exactly how many blitzes he, he, yeah. he calls. He, he, he acts like, like how, how do you, uh, you, know, you know, how would you know how many times we blitzed, you know? I was actually wondering if he was pulling the old, uh, the old Belichick. Like, is it, is it the thing with Belichick and blowouts? He'll do weird stuff to break tendencies and like mess up the numbers oh that's a good well i was actually thinking this as well against this jets offense because i mean they were blitzing with like six minutes left yeah and they were and they were there were all these different types of blitzes blitzes they hadn't shown i think that's exactly what he was doing putting these things on tape just to make uh, you know opposing future offenses waste time during the week because uh, i mean even it's not even like they were like effective you know seven of the ten blitzes were out of four-man rushes but i think i think that was absolutely what he was doing yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what a reason, unless he's just like, all right, everyone, which, uh, as I said before the game, this was a stat-padding game, Yes, and uh, they did a good job taking advantage of that. Yeah, you called that correctly. Um, and then I didn't think there was uh, too much information or interesting stuff from, from Mike Rowe. He, he uh, lauded the pass blocking of Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. If you follow uh, Fran Duffy, DFOP, as you should, uh, there's a, a good clip of, of Miles Sanders just decleating the the Jets blitzing cornerback on on one of the plays. That was fun to watch. I would like to hear Jason Peters' opinion of that because if you watch it, uh, yeah, Miles Sanders just crushes this guy who I think it was Daryl Roberts. I want to say, that's right. yeah, uh, he just absolutely crushes this guy. But not only levels him, he's like giving him the business after he's on the ground a little bit, yeah. you know, like, 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 like an offensive lineman does like right. stay down until I hear the whistle, like a, like a John Runyon or something. And then the clip sort of ends, but you can see like Jason Peters is like 
kind of like helping the guy up like dude come on <laughs> like relax <laughs> so, so uh, i would funny. like i would like to hear Jason well it does Peters look like it looks like on the play the reason he's able to get such a clean shot is because peters is coming out and so the corner like reroutes a little bit to avoid peters and then that's when Sanders gets this like totally clean <laughs> shot, just right ac- right across his chest. Yeah, uh, if you uh, if you are wa- wandering around the locker room, where I'll be there on Friday and uh, and see Miles Sanders, I-, I wonder if he if Peter said anything to him afterwards. Like, chill, dude. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, anything else from uh, Grow, Jack? From Grow, not so much. I mean, it was it was mainly just kind of color or insight on stuff we've already discussed but i i don't i don't think there were any uh, uh new revelations although i think uh bo's gonna be excited well this should be bo sharing this news the eagles are gonna be tapping anderson dejo for information this week mm-hmm. so Franco sells guy. i can imagine they're gonna have a pretty intricate game plan because of that i was wondering why the vikings were favored by three but yeah. now i uh, there's our answer it's gonna be like um you know this this guy has a uh, you know has a little scab like uh, under under his ear like if you if you hit it the right way you just might kill him or something like that <laughs> I don't know other like this like detailed injury histories on on other ways that you can further injure these people. All right, Sheil, you're Squall twenty two. What do you want to tell us about uh, um, this uh, completely lopsided matchup? Very boring. Yeah, very difficult to get through at various times. I, I really wondered if I was just uh, wasting my time or not. Here's, my, here's one question I have for you. Yeah. Uh, did you get the sense that once this game was you know, out of hand, and that's probably like 14 nothing after the Nate Gary pick, did you get the sense that Doug Peterson as a play caller sort of pulled the reins back and, and went vanilla in this game? Uh... I did not get that sense. Okay. I mean, they obviously weren't doing anything crazy or creative, but as we discussed before the Thursday night game, it's like they have plays that they run every week, you know? So it's uh, actually, if anything, I thought that one drive they had in the third quarter, I think it was like a 12 play drive. Uh, that was, you know, they really ran the ball well in that drive. And I thought that was like the best, the offensive line had looked, but overall, uh, I mean, the offense, the offense looked very much out of rhythm to me. Uh, you know, it it was not an impressive performance. I was going through, I think I went through the first seven drives. They get a touchdown on the first one on the second one. Sproles has that drop on third down. And then I thought, uh, Wentz was late. Uh, they went for it. And I thought Wentz was late on his fourth down throw, obviously had some pressure, the third drive, you had the Lane Johnson penalty, and then I thought Wentz was off target on a second down throw. Uh, the fourth possession, there was a sack on first down. Then there was Aguilar wanting the flag uh, on that third down, which he did not get. Let me see. The fifth one, there were... Yeah, well, you have to be specific because there were several times when he wanted the flag. Okay. <laughs> uh, Peters had a penalty on the fifth drive. They were at the second and 30. You guys talked about that. Um, you know, in the post game pod, scored a touchdown on the sixth drive, seventh drive, you failed on the quarterback sneak. So, um, yeah, they, I just felt like they were out of rhythm. I didn't think like Wentz was at his sharpest. I didn't think the, uh, offensive line, uh, you know, there were certainly, there are certainly plays in there where I felt like, uh, they got pushed around or did not handle stuff as well as they could have. So, you know, I, I think it's, 
important, obviously, to not read too much into a game like this. I think it's natural for players to not be uh, as focused or as locked in, especially once you go up 14 nothing. But, uh, you know, if they if they play offensively like that, I think in the weeks ahead, then they're definitely going to be losing, uh, losing some of these games. I, I did not think it was a good offensive performance. I have a question for Shield. Okay. Do you feel differently about this past? I, I, and I asked, I, and the reason I'm asking you is I asked Bo in our beat back and forth. Do you feel differently about this pass rush after watching that game? Or do you look at it with that major caveat that they played against a bad offensive line and Luke Falk? Uh, I would look at it with a major caveat. You know, especially, I know, Bo, you did the charting. How many of the sacks were in the fourth quarter? Uh, that's a, no, that's a good qu- That's a good point. Okay. I think they, well, there, there were, there were three in the first half. I know. So okay. I want to felt like say, there were at least four or five. Yeah, like there were, guys there were just, four or five <laughs> at the very end. There, there was I mean, the, the hall and sweat ones back to back. And then the Barnett one was like pure garbage time. Yes. That was two minutes left. And then the, it wasn't one of Scandrick's I think in the, uh, early was fourth. Yeah. The, yeah. Fourth. the touchdown and that, one. Well, and that one, that was also right after I believe Hassan Ridgeway sack. So that means five of them were in the fourth quarter. Yeah, which I mean, like I was barely watching in the fourth quarter. I was clicking ahead to the to the sacks so that I could see what was going on. I mean, there were some nice reps in there, but yeah, I'm not going to look at that and say that everything is fixed. I thought obviously Brandon Graham, I think we talked about it the week before. It felt like he was coming on a little bit and he his were legit. You know, he was certainly impacting that game early. He took over that entire first drive. I think he had an impact on all three of those plays. So uh, that's encouraging. You know, it, it kind of is interesting how everybody's gassing up Fletcher Cox, like, uh, you know, like the, his teammates and uh, it sounded like Schwartz was really on that today, mm-hmm. right at the press conference. I did um, think that he looked pretty good in this game. He did. He looked better than he has. Yeah. So yes. that's an encouraging sign as well. So those are the things uh, I would take from it is that, all right, it looks like Fletcher Cox maybe is, is getting over that injury a little bit. And you got Brandon Graham going. I mean, we've said all along it wasn't going to be like this major personnel change or something they were going to do schematically. It's like some of these players who you thought were good pass rush rushers need to perform like good pass rushers. And you saw some of that, but uh, would it shock me if you guys are doing a pod Sunday night and saying that, well, I get, you know, it might shock me a little bit. I know we'll get to the matchup, but this is a matchup where the defensive line should play really well. Again, I'm not expecting 10 sacks, but, yeah, but like, um, I, you know, I'd still, I'd put the over under at sacks for this game as like 1.5. Like I'm yeah, not, I was, I mean, right? two or three, yeah, two yeah. or three, maybe. But yeah, I don't, I don't expect them to just be um, all of a sudden dominating unless it's like, okay, Fletcher Cox takes another major step forward and, and they are able to do that. So to That's answer your question, I, I, I don't feel much different than I did uh, before the game about their pass rush. I agree. I feel, I feel like a little bit better. But I also did rank the D-line higher in that uh, silly exercise we did. Well, that's what was true. that called? That's true. Yeah. That was a stork so I w- rank. That was a report yeah. canard stork rank. So I was, I was already a little bit more uh, bullish, okay. I guess you could say, at, at them turning things around. I do think the fact that they played Brandon Graham from the interior uh, matters, and it matters going forward. Well, yeah, and now, it matters Jim because Schwartz why said, haven't they been doing this all along? I agree. Jim Schwartz said that it was based on matchups. Whatever matchup they saw, I think they would see going forward that their best matchup is Brandon Graham on the interior. And 
if they do that. He also said Josh Sweat is on the come. Josh Sweat's a guy who's really developing. We will see. He is playing against Daniel Hunter this weekend, so that is a big-time Spider-Man meme. I got to tweet that out. I will say on these on these sweat reps where he looked good, like the athleticism definitely flashes a little bit where you're like, okay, he definitely seems to be moving a lot better than he did uh, last year. And, it, you know, the quickness, the motor, those types of things. I, I don't know if he's, you know, going to have this great pass rush arsenal and be this great rotational player. But on the reps where it looks good, you can see it. It's I think- not... Uh, it's not Bobo, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think I, I th- he's actually looked better than I thought he looked in the preseason. Um, I think, I mean, I'd rather on a pass rushing down, I'd certainly rather have him on the outside than like Finney Curry at this point. I think the haircut was the difference. You might be right. Once or reverse, hair, or reverse was, Samson. Yeah, yeah, he, he was more aerodynamic, you know? I would agree with that. I think he, he deserves more of a shot than Curry. Yeah, so we'll see. I think that's right. He he's, he looked a little bit a little bit better than uh, he looked before. And listen, Deshaun Hall. I was joking about the basis. haircut, by the way. I I, I want to make that clear. I I, uh, <laughs> I I know that might be seem pretty obvious, but you know. Oh, given, you don't want to be but, lo- looped in with that Penn State guy? Yes, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that when I said it. <laughs> I don't want anyone to listen to me and think like you know I had an issue with that's very funny. with what his hair was. So I just want to clarify. Another that good peek inside the mind of of Z Berm. <laughs> That 19-yard uh, Jets touchdown run that they eventually scored. Right. I'm su- I'm surprised teams don't run a play like this on like the first possession against the Eagles every game. Because how many times <laughs> do we see Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, like you know, specifically Brandon Graham from the backside, like a tackle for loss? I mean, it seems like he has one every game, and I'm always surprised that teams don't do something like that to kind of slow them down. Uh, and slow down their aggressiveness early in a game, uh, get them thinking about that type of play later on. Well, and it's funny because, you know, I've been doing that thing where I'm looking at the, the opposing lead running backs, and they've all been terrible, right? But in every game, or, you know, three or four or five of the games, there have been, like, one long run that have come on a, a non-lead guy run. Like, who was it? It was Ito Smith, I think, in the Falcons yep. game. Uh, there was another one, too. And it's like these it, – it's true that these, like – little misdirection plays are the only plays that trick up the Eagles run defense. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I know we'll talk about it as the week goes on, but Dalvin cook has been legit, like really impressive every week as I, as I sit in my basement and watch all the games. Like I I would say you have the, uh, Saquon, uh, Camara McCaffrey tier. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's the top tier. And I think cook probably leads like the second tier. Okay. Uh, he he has been, I think, as good. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, I think other than the you know the things those three do every game, I think Cook has been as good uh, as just about any any back in the league. Fair enough. Any other okay. Squall Twenty Two thoughts? Any other Squall Twenty Two thoughts? Uh, let me see. Not a lot on the defense. Did you think there were a couple plays in this? You know, I, I generally hate this conversation, and I'm generally on the other end. But I felt like there were, you know, at least a couple plays in this game where Wentz was a little bit uh, reckless with his body that make you cringe a little bit. Like, oh my God, why is he doing that uh, right there and risking an injury in this game? 
I actually yeah, he got his knee twisted one time. Yes, that was that yeah. one was like that. That's one where you're like, you know, if one of if that happened to one of us, like we're in the hospital probably for <laughs> for weeks. Like I mean, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe the flexibility stuff he was talking about in the off season has been paying off because for your body to sort of twist like that and for you to just get up, uh, I guess that is impressive. But it, you know, some of those seemed a little unnecessary to me. All right. I'll take okay. that. Okay. No, no agree. And, and there was there, there was along. one I, I believe where he finished a run and there was like a, almost like a knee to his head. Do you remember that one? Uh, that one, I think I remember that one watching live on the uh, on Sunday. I mean, just I had, in general, you're playing the Jets. You know, get rid of the get ball. down. Yeah. yeah, get down. What are you doing? Okay. How, how do you feel like Wentz has played? I, I know you guys kind of got into this. And I'm going to be writing about this, so it's uh, fresh out of my mind. But, like, what's your overall assessment of how Wentz has played? I think he you has first, played... Um, let me let me phrase it this way to make it easier. I think he's has played he... underwhelmingly very well. Okay. Like So better, worse, or as you expected before the season started? I think a little bit worse than I would have expected. If you had told me he was going to stay healthy for these five games, a little bit worse. And yet, you know, he's protecting the ball, which is good. Um, but and, and it's also you have to contextualize it like he's without Deshaun Jackson. But of course, he was always going to be without Deshaun Jackson for at some at some stretch of time. I think just a, just a little bit worse. Okay, Zeberm. Yeah, I I would say I I think he's actually played well. Um, not as prolific as I expected. I thought the numbers would be better. Uh, I asked Mike Rowe today about the interception rate because that's what stands out to me is, uh, you know, he has uh, it's one point one percent, which is by far the best in his career. Uh, And I point that out because he really isn't putting the ball in harm's way. You know, in the past, even when he wouldn't throw interceptions, there'd be a few passes a game that were kind of close. And uh, he's he's just been making really sound decisions and he has a few wow plays in there that being said i did not anticipate many games where he'd have under 200 passing yards and it's been two weeks in a row now uh so not as prolific as i thought but i do think he's been playing well and i do think he's he's been making some high level throws yeah, it, it was interesting as I was digging into the numbers. You know, I, I think if you and again, I'm going to be this is not an app only uh, pod, right, Bo? Correct. All right. Everyone gets to uh, listen to this one. But if you want to read about it more, you know, a nice deep dive, you're going to have to uh, subscribe there. But, you know, in terms of accuracy, I don't I don't think it's been great. And statistically uh, would would kind of back that up, whether it's just, um, you know, incompletions or uh, ball placement, those types of things that you see with the eye test and then check the numbers. I I don't think he's been as good as he was last year. And, you know, if you look at the overall, like, uh, you know, just some of the numbers we look at they're they're pretty mediocre uh, compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks. But I was trying, you know, I kind of felt like there are, it feels like there are areas where he definitely has improved and kind of one of the conclusions where it, it feels like he's not making He's making very few negative plays, if that makes sense. Uh, he has not. You mentioned the interception rate. I don't think he's fumbled this year. Is that is that correct? I believe that's correct, and that is you know that is a reversal of of past history for him. Yes, yes. So he has he hasn't fumbled. He's still uh, I think got these balls tipped every game. Drives that's me nuts. That's true. That's true. Uh, 
he hasn't fumbled. He, he's been very good in terms of uh, low interception rate, and his sack rate is very low. So I, I did kind of a Kapadia pass rusher index to measure this. Okay. Uh, and so this is, again, very unsci- it's, uh, unscientific, but I just added up each quarterback's negative plays. And so we include sacks, fumbles, and interceptions, and then looked at how many uh, dropbacks they've had and kind of did the percentage, like how, what Ooh, percentage like of your dropbacks are a negative play. Let me see. How many do I have on here? 37 quarterbacks. Okay. And he ranks. Oh, oh, we were asking us where he ranked. Yeah, I'm trying to make it interactive so I don't just talk for an hour. <laughs> um, I think he ranks fourth. Yeah, I, I was gonna say around there, you know, between three and five. So <laughs> between <laughs> three, and, three five. and five. So like you three, four, five. Pick a number. You gotta pick a number. Come on, this is a uh, guess. Five. Five. Uh, he is third. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I should have gone the other side, right? <laughs> He's thirty. He's had a negative play on five point three champ remains uh, the champ percent of his plays behind Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And in wow, some that's ways, interesting that it's Mahomes. In some ways, he's play he, he's playing kind of like the old man Brady game yeah. with some like with like some splash plays mixed in. You know, like the the exactly. duck duck under play where then he hits earth. Like he definitely has one of those a game. Sometimes he has more than one. Other than that, it is sort of like this. Um, is he, they kind of have an old man Brady style of offense where they're you know they're running the ball, they're pretty, pretty balanced. They need to string together drives. I would certainly not call them uh, explosive, and they're really banking on him to just be a magician on third down, which he's been. I mean, if you're looking for a category where he's definitely overperformed, uh, it has been on third down. And I know we've had that conversation before. Is that a sustainable? way to play normally i would say no but we did kind of see him do it for an entire year right. so may, maybe it is but uh it, it you know it did just it did make me think also about the way this offense is built you know deshaun jackson going down just has such a huge impact on him it's it's like it changes should everything could they, they not have more guys who can run on offense, I guess is my question. But that's the thing is that like they they at, at, aside from bringing in Deshaun Jackson, like they have sort of told us every step of the way that this is the way that they want to play. Like this is the way that Doug wants to play. You draft yeah. Goddard, you draft our, like you. There's all these wide receivers in the draft, and you draft Arthega Whiteside, who was like slow, relatively speaking. They they don't. It's it's as if they don't value uh, that speed threat beyond just having one guy on the field like they were just happy to have it be mike wallace last year um and in like it it is weird it's a weird viewing experience in today's nfl when like you know doug peterson's coming from andy reed and andy reed it like all he wants is is speed at every position and doug is going like the opposite way it's odd it is i i think that's right and you know what you just said like yeah it's you you have Ertz, jeffrey uh, Goddard and Ortega Whiteside, these are four of what, like your top six pass catching options, options extending into next year. Like the, right. these are going to be the guys. The Ortega so, Whiteside one to me is the one that like that fully cements it. Like it, for, for whatever, for right or wrong. And I think it's probably wrong, but like, this is, this is what they want. Well, yeah, at the time, I think we thought, well, maybe he's going to be replacing Alshon Jeffrey. Right. And then you will replace that guy with somebody with some speed. But, you know, then they guaranteed uh, Jeffrey's deal for next year. So, yeah, it does. 
it just seems like you're almost making it harder on yourself in some aspects. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's hard to have an offense where you're you're just counting on yourselves to to not make mistakes and to be able to string together these long drives and to be so good on third down and in the red zone. Does it mean it's not going to work? No. I mean, they you know, Wentz has been good in those areas. And if you look at their overall offensive efficiency this year, it's been good. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously three and two, but uh, it is kind of a fascinating discussion, I think, from a team building perspective. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a, a fast guy in the slot who, um, if Jackson goes down, he can bump out, you know, he can play on the outside. If Jackson is healthy, he can be in the slot. But he no, they have that guy. His name is Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I think that's what they think Nelson is. Yeah, well. So okay. At least one person <laughs> thinks that would not, that's what Nelson is. Well, that's just what I was thinking as I was digging into some of these uh, the, these Wentz numbers and looking at, at the offense uh, as a whole. It will be interesting to see what this discussion looks like three weeks from now after they go uh, uh, go against some of these defenses. So, what is your answer to how you think Carson Wentz has played versus your expectations? I think I would agree with what both of you said. I, you know, I don't think he's been like a top five quarterback. Uh, you know, I. I don't think he's in the MVP discussion. I don't think this is the best we've ever seen out of him. Um, it's hard, you know, it, 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 but then it led me to that roster discussion because it's like, right. well, they're not producing these big plays, but I'm not like watching the all 22 and seeing guys, you know, run wide open down the field. I, mean, I think that I, I think that Zach's framing is probably the framing I like best is that he he has played he has played about as well as we would have expected. It's the it's the. Uh, production of the entire offense in the passing game that has that has been disappointing he he's played a different style than i was expecting correct yes. yeah i did not be, expect to after five weeks say the thing he's doing at the highest level is avoiding mistakes you know right you, you would you would expect oh he's chucking it downfield he's lighting teams up for 350 yards i mean they haven't had to do the last two weeks they have not needed to rely on him and you know there's no need to force more responsibility on his shoulders when you don't need to. But, uh, you know, I do think it's going to flip and there are going to be games coming up very soon, maybe as early as this weekend where he's going to have to do more. And, you know, maybe he'll just he will just light it up and the stats will be crazy and all those different types of things. We'll see. I think your uh, your old man Brady comp uh, was actually a really interesting one because that's kind of what it strikes me as is he it's almost like he's out there. Like I will do what I need to do right now, and if you really need me, if you need me to turn it on in a given game, I will. You know, it's it's uh, that's kind of how he's playing more than uh, just just four hundred, you know, you know, you know three hundred, four hundred yards each each week, four touchdowns each week. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Good discussion. Let's move on to quackatology. You're welcome. Uh. It is uh, maybe time to th- start thinking about trades for the Eagles. Obviously, we've uh, all talked about the Jalen Ramsey stuff. Uh, and so I've, uh, I've scoured the league looking for corners, defensive linemen, and I've got a couple speed threats on here in case the Deshaun Jackson situation uh, gets worse and they need to make some kind of last-ditch play. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a quackatology, and I will give you the... Uh, different matchups, and you tell me what you think is a more likely Howie Roseman trade to make. Okay, how and, much research? How much research have you done? Like, can you give us a a two sentence bio on each of these guys for our listeners who and you know our hosts who might not be familiar? Or correct. Uh, are you just going to say the names? That's a, uh, that's about what I can give you. Okay, two sentences is good. Okay, 
So we will start with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, you know, considered by some to be the best cornerback in the NFL. Uh, now he's got some kind of back situation that you may think is made up. Uh, you may not, but he has obviously demanded his trade from Jacksonville. Shad Khan has said that uh, they will not trade him even for, what was it, five first-round picks? Something like Did that. He, is that what he said? Oh, he said something know. like that. Well, so, a source said that okay. in the Adam Schefter story. Yeah. Well, the deal that I have created for Jalen Ramsey is a 2020 first, a 2021 first, and Rasul Douglas for Jalen Ramsey and a 2020 second. What is more likely that or the Eagles sending a 2020 fifth round pick to the Buffalo Bills for wide receiver Robert Foster? Oh, who has been dealing with a groin injury and seems to have been displaced in the offense by John Brown. Um, and I uh, reached out to uh, Matthew Fairburn, our Bills reporter, uh, who said that uh, he thinks that is possible, but they would need to. They, so they just traded Zay Jones, so they would mm-hmm. need to sort of add another wide receiver elsewhere before Foster would be fully expendable. But he has been displaced, and he was. A, he's of course the undrafted rookie last year out of Alabama who didn't do much in college but uh, caught a bunch of long touchdowns last year from Josh Allen, fast guy. Yeah, I I don't think they're trading a fifth-round pick for Robert Foster. Uh, So in that case, I would say the Jalen Ramsey one is more likely from the Eagles' end, uh, especially when you add in they get that second-round pick back. But I certainly it, it doesn't sound as if the Jags are inclined to move him. Although uh, I'm, I have no knowledge of this, but it certainly seems like Jalen Ramsey's playing that game where he's like, "All right, well, if you're not going to trade me, then I'm just going to have this back injury." Almost like when Kyrie Irving was in Cleveland, and he's like, "Well, if, if you don't trade me, I'm going to get knee surgery, and I'm not going to play this year." You know, um, so. That that kind of is 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 what it seems like is going on there. Are we allowed to be uh, like annoyed by this? I mean, uh, should he uh, should he be coming under uh, more criticism for this or what? I think so. I think you are allowed to be annoyed. Now, I I I I am not like annoyed by, for instance, Stefan Diggs demanding a trade. Like there are people who are like, oh, you know, he's got a contract. You know, honor the contract. He's allowed to demand a trade. That's fine. He's still playing. I think you're right that if you uh, have you know made your demand trade demand known, that you probably should honor the terms of your contract. That said, I don't know like how deep the Jalen Ramsey stuff is, and like on the fence, I'm always going to side with a player when they're playing this this blood sport. So like if Jalen Ramsey really really doesn't want to be there, he doesn't necessarily need to put his life at risk. I agree. I- I mean, I usually do side with the player. And I think that I agree that this is a, like a little bit dicier. If if he has a back issue, then this is totally, you know, uh, uh, then take this all back. But it, yeah, if this is a ploy of, well, you know, any NFL player can say their back is kind of sore. Like that kind of comes mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with uh, you know, crushing your body against uh, against other humans for 
a living there because, you know, everything I had heard was that his issue, that he was a great teammate, his teammates loved him. And like, this is a competitive team, you know, they're not like, oh, and five, they could really, they could have really used him in this, in these games. You see like opponents just attacking the other corner. I forget what his name is, Uh, but he could really be a difference maker. And, uh, he, you know, they could be playing well. He could be costing them wins. Like if, if your reputation is of a great teammate, unless there's something we don't know behind the scenes, you know, then, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure there are caveats so that if, um, you know, if something comes out that, uh, the minions are not all over me, but I don't know. I feel like that's, uh, I feel like that is annoying. And, uh, I, I did that story on the great sports debate, uh, last year. And it, it's just so funny how different like, uh, media is now than then there, they were just like insane. Like uh, they, I think they like, you know, put Michael Jordan's, like they printed out a picture of his face and put it on a pumpkin and like smashed it and said like, this guy's never going to win another game, uh, <laughs> never win a championship. Like it was crazy insane <laughs> stuff that made no sense. And now you have a guy, but now you have a guy who he is under contract. Uh, you know, if he is healthy, he's on a competitive team. He has no issue with his teammates. Like, you know, can can you just sit out practice or say you're going easy in practice? But yeah, you'll show up to the games and be there for your teammates until there's a resolution. I don't know. I feel like that. Nah, I might advise my. I'm not an agent, but that's what I might advise my client to do. It's weird that he played in that one game. He played in the one game, and then yeah. he was on the sideline for the next game. Right. And then the next game, he's uh, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, you made an interesting sound when I said Robert Foster. Well, I, this, I, I you know, I, I, this is one of my, uh, I really enjoy this about you when you just start digging out trade targets. Mm. I think those, that's, those are fun discussions. I don't have to do the work and, uh, <laughs> you, you can mention it. I, young and fast. I like young yeah. and fast. So yeah. Do I. I don't think Robert Foster is worth a fifth round pick. I, and I don't think he's also somebody who would come here and probably not have an impact at all this season. Probably. <laughs> but, he would be under contract for what two more years, I think, or yeah. something at a, at an two inexpensive price. Year, yeah, yeah. Well, he would have one more year, and then he he'd be well, he'd be restricted, right? Because he he was uh, an, an undrafted player. Oh, that's right. So, so that's yeah. a three year deal. Yeah. Now he's been in the. It's not just the injury. He's been in like the doghouse there, I believe this okay. uh, this summer and this year. So Chad Hall's have, doghouse. Ooh, you you can get some inside info there. there. You go. Uh, so you would have to certainly do your homework there, but. I don't know. Twenty average twenty yards a catch at over five hundred yards last year and three touchdowns. Like that, just that year is better than what you're going to get from by most fifth round picks. I agree. And so, I just said add some fast guys to this offense. So uh, what do you guys say? Zach says Ramsey. What do you say, Shield? Yeah, I think Ramsey's more like. Okay, it. fair enough. All right, we move on. Next up, uh, we have. Let me pull up my. Uh, deal here the Eagles sending a 2020 second round pick to the Cincinnati Bengals for 31 year old defensive tackle Geno Atkins now uh, Geno Atkins I think we all like sort of know the reputation of Geno Atkins a a perennial pro bowler one of the best defensive tackles in the league but I have to tell you that I I do not know with confidence that he is still that good of a player obviously I'm not watching Bengals games and I don't think you're watching that many of them either Shield. Um, and the other thing is uh, he's got a pretty serious contract. It is uh, next year. So this year it's $14 million. Next year uh, it's about $14 million also, and it doesn't really help you to cut him. It's about split with dead money, and so you're probably signing up for at least two more years of a 31-year-old defensive tackle. Or 
What are you giving up for him? A second. A second, okay. And the other option is you're giving up a second. So this is an, e- an, equal, uh, 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 an equal terms, although you are getting back a 2025th <laughs> along with Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a little bit older, still productive, and I believe signed through one more year. He also has a serious contract, correct? He also has a serious contract. His contract is uh, only one year left, but it is uh, a hefty. No, actually, next year he has uh, a, he's owed seventeen point five million dollars. But you save fifteen million if you cut him. So you could just cut him after the year. And what uh, was the draft pick you said? A second for Campbell and a fifth. Now, what, what are we saying? What's more likely, or what we would rather do? What you think is more likely? Uh, well, I think I would probably say the Atkins one would be more likely because I, I don't know why the uh, I don't know the Jags are trying to be competitive and yeah. uh, Calais, Calais Campbell is really good. He he's someone who just every time I watch, he's doing something. I think he had like a blocked punt or field goal. That's that's a nice benefit of having him on your team. This really tall dude who you can stick out there on special teams and make those kicks uh, harder, but he, he can definitely still play. I mean, I, I would be very interested if he was available and I were the Eagles. Also, he's like the highest character guy, I believe you mm. can uh, you can find. I think he's a great, great locker room wow, guy. You're giving him an even better guy? You, don't, you never even covered no, him. No, I don't think he is a better guy but i that is a when you're trading for somebody bring a new guy into your locker room you can end up with a golden tater you can end up with a calais campbell i tried getting under <laughs> bow skin today a bit uh with i was i was calling ryan zimmerman classy and and he didn't even like see the joke in it he was just like he was like you but then you tried to argue classy. it you, i <laughs> said i'm not so sure i'd call him classy and you tried to argue it said i spent a couple summers around him yeah, well, at, at that point, I was I was trying to get you worked up, and, oh. and you were just like, I don't know. I have no idea if he's classy or not. <laughs> I thought you'd be like, how do you know? Just because you interviewed him? You, yeah. Um, I obviously don't know whether he's classy or not. So Yeah, that was one. I, that, that thing was floating around Twitter. If there was like one word that – I think it was like one word sports writers could stop using, that was mine, class or classy. Uh, let's, well, it's the uh, Giants organization. Well, so. I, well, yeah, I was going to say, I, I immediately regretted in the car ride home from the game the other night when I mentioned Princeton wide receiver Dylan Classy that I didn't say, you know, throw in a, a Giants joke. But mm. you know, somehow the world we went on. We don't make all the plays. <laughs> in any event, uh, so yeah, so is it my turn to answer this? Well, uh, I'll, I'll finish here. So Campbell okay. had ten and a half sacks last year, fourteen and a half the year before, has three this year with eight quarterback hits. I mean, him next to Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, would be a better tandem than 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 Cox and Malik Jackson. So uh, I would be very interested if he were available. Uh, I don't think that he is. And then a quick Geno Atkins story. You know, I I had an ESPN interview once upon a time where they asked me like who who's who's who do you think is one of the more underrated players in the league? And I went with a Geno Atkins. Mm. I think I I think the Eagles had like just played the Bengals or I had just watched him or something. And uh, I think I really wowed him with that one. You, you wowed him, huh? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think they were like, oh, okay. All right. Big man. Okay. Continue. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I thought Shields' analysis there was spot on. I would agree with him. I would rather have Campbell. But I don't think the Eagles are trading 
a second round pick for a 31 year old defensive tackle or 34 year old defensive tackle. The, my understanding is, is, you know, they're planning on having Malik Jackson back next season. Always and, Malik Jackson with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you what I'm understanding here. Um, well, listen, they're going to need him. They're going to need him for that fourth preseason game when they have to stop Jamison Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he can stay with Jamison Crowder, uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah. So I, I would say uh, none of the above, but if I, I, I do think, uh, well, I, I think I'd rather have Campbell and I think Campbell presents a little more versatility too, you know, which, uh, this, this line can use. So what do you say? What's more likely Atkins? Well, I, I, you said I mean, you'd rather have Campbell, but we got, I'd rather have Campbell. I don't think Jacksonville's moving Campbell. So okay. I think Atkins, Atkins is more moves, likely, Atkins moves but on I to the think next neither round. one, I don't think the Eagles are giving a second round pick for a, a defensive tackle who's over 30. Yeah, that would be a bad deal for them. Well, I agree with that. Now if it was but, Golden Tate. You know, they like, yeah, they like to make bad deals. So, uh, Okay, next up. The Eagles sending a 2023rd to the New York Jets and Joe Douglas for Leonard Williams, who is an impending free agent, and they also get a sixth-round pick back. Uh, Leonard Williams is, uh, as I said, an impending free agent. Has no, no sacks this year and uh, a little bit not super productive, but uh, would give the Eagles some <laughs> versatility uh, in terms of inside-outside. Or the Eagles sending a fifth-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for the ageless Terrell Suggs. What's the compensation for these two? What was the Williams one? A fifth for Suggs, a third for Williams, and a sixth. I, yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. Definitely Leonard Williams. Uh, this is a, uh, I mean, I mean that's a move that I know you you can't count on comp picks, but I I would be confident that you're going to get um, a pick back in the in the comp pick formula for Leonard Williams, a 25 year old former top 10 pick. He's been a Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of an adjustment in scheme, but I think he'd be, I think he'd be good in this scheme. Had 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 seven sacks back in 2016. Uh, hasn't been as as productive, but uh, that is a guy I, I'd be on board with, um, and to me can step right in for Malik Jackson. You know, in in that D tackle <laughs> role, and uh, no, and and I I think it helps your line significantly and frankly he'd be he'd be a guy i'd consider resigning uh so definitely leonard williams for me did terrell sugg sign a one-year deal he in did Arizona? he signed a one-year okay deal. okay but he's old so who he's knows old. What... and obviously like they're not gonna you have to have his okay if, if you're gonna trade for him but i believe yeah this is last year I think the Williams one is more likely. I will say, and this goes back when I did some some free agency posts league-wide, I do feel like there's a big opportunity, it feels like, at least there was this last offseason and, and actually previous offseasons, the old guy pass rusher on yeah. a one-year deal. It's like a nice move to make. And Cam I Wake, like te- Terrell Suggs, yeah. Justin Houston. 
Yeah, and then we, you know, there was there was obviously Chris Long for the Eagles right. and, and uh, Michael Bennett. That was a trade, but uh, I don't know. Those guys are like it feels like they're outperforming the young bucks who you're uh, you're counting on to make some type of leap. And if you're a contender, like I didn't understand why a, a contending team wouldn't make more of a run at somebody like a Cam Wake. I guess with Suggs, he wanted to just go to Arizona. It sounds like. Uh, that's where, you know, he went to college. I guess he probably, I don't know if he lives there in the off season or what, but uh, I don't know. That's, that, that's an, something I feel like more contending teams should look into uh, every off season, getting a guy like that. I agree with that. All right. So we go with Williams next up uh, the Eagles. This is a, one of the more popular players linked to the Eagles cornerback, Chris Harris from the Denver Broncos. The Eagles sending a fourth round pick to the Broncos for Chris Harris, who is an impending free agent and is, how old is he, 30 years old. Um, or I was, you know, I'm looking at the, who are the players on bad teams who are sort of good players that could, could maybe be had for the right price. And Cam Hayward of the Steelers crossed my mind, and I reached out to Mark Caboli, our athletic guy, and he said they're not trading Cam Hayward. He's their heart and soul on defense. But... If you're looking for a little something-something, what about Javon Hargraves, their nose tackle, who is also an impending free agent? Uh, and he is a younger player. He'll be um, His uh, rookie contract is about to expire, uh, and he has been fairly productive. He actually has uh, two sacks on the season from, from the inside. So I have the Eagles sending a fourth-round pick, the same compensation to the Steelers for Javon Hargrave. Chris Harris or Javon Hargrave, who you got? There you did the opposite of a head-up where you made him Javon Hargraves, where I believe it's Javon Hargraves. Oh, you're right. It is. is. And I gave him an Asante Samuels. (laughs) I feel like Dick Stockton. Uh, Alshon Jeffries. Mm. Jeffrey Uh, Lowry. What am I I giving up for uh, A fourth for both of them. A fourth for both of them. Uh, Who was the first guy? Chris Chris Harris. Harris. Uh, Yeah, I don't understand. That that one is a a bit confusing to me. Like a 30-year-old corner who's only going to be here for half the season to give up a fourth round pick. Like you have guys getting healthy. So my operating principle, I don't mean to cut you off. My operating principle on the, on the cornerback market is I agree with that is that like they have mediocre guys. They like, they, they don't need, I mean, they do sort of need bodies in the short term, but at some point these guys are going to come back. I think I, I find it hard to imagine them doing sort of a, a middle of the road trade. I can see them, trying to add an actual difference maker like a Jalen Ramsey or a couple other guys that we will get to in a little bit, or like, you know, sending a sixth or seventh round pick for some, you know, random slappy who has a history with Corey Unlin or whoever it is, but, but could step in right away. Like, and, like, I, and, the, and the thing is about that, I don't think that you can expect that those guys necessarily will be any better than Craig James or Orlando Skandrick. So uh, to me, it's like if I, I, I imagine they are playing at the top of the market or probably nothing at all. Chris Harris has the history with Undlin, right? Is that yep. what you meant? Or? Yeah, he does. You're the right. The cohabitation matrix. That's the spot. That's right. Oh, okay. So I guess that uh, might be. Yeah, I think that that feels like it's the Golden Tate trade to me, like on the other side of the ball. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that he's going to, you know, we, at least I did, I think Zach did, assume that they would have a plan for Golden Tate when they made the trade and they didn't have much of a plan. And that one would kind of seem. Uh, Similar to me, like if you're expecting him to come in and be this massive upgrade for half a year, and I think he's been on the record that he really wants to uh, 
get a nice contract, whether that's realistic or not. Uh, you know, that's what he's looking for after the year. So uh, I wouldn't really like either of these two, but it, I guess more likely I would probably go with the, the Chris Harris one. Yeah, I, I don't think they're doing either of these moves for a fourth-round pick. Uh, Harris, you know, I, I, I guess if, if you're concerned about Darby going forward uh, this season, then you do that. But uh, Shield said it well. It is very Golden Tate-esque. Don't know how much I would be interested in Hargrave uh, for kind of what they'd be looking for. Um, I, I think that, you know, when Jernigan gets back, I don't know if Hargrave really gives you a a, uh, a major upgrade there. Yeah, but who uh, who can count so, on Jernigan being back and like playing more than another game? I think they're game. counting on being back. And actually, when you talk about players coming back, uh, the sense I get is that the Eagles are counting on Jalen Mills in about two weeks or so. You know, when when he's eligible to be taken off pup, he's eligible after the sixth game. This is the sixth game coming up, right? So. Um, so soon enough, that clock's going to start uh, ticking on on Mills, and uh, you know, and so I think that now he obviously would would need to practice some and, and kind of get back in the shape. But I think uh, they're looking at Mills; they're potentially looking at LeBlanc. Uh, so I think they think they have some internal reserves as well. I think I think that's right, and I would not give up resources for. D tackles unless they're difference making Agreed. pass rushers who are staying on the field on third down. I don't think he's that. I can just picture it, by the way, with Jalen Mills. You know, he comes back, he plays, he gives up a 48 yard touchdown. Well, he just needed to, he needs to get some reps. He needs some reps in practice. <laughs> he's going to get some reps this week. Well, this is basically those... his preseason. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, we didn't make a trade, but we look at it like we, we traded for Jalen Mills, who's, <laughs> who's, who's a darn good cornerback in this league, and won, we've won a lot of football games with him. So uh, That's I very can, good. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you. promise you that quote <laughs> is, is going to be said. <laughs> I promise you. That's, uh, that's perfect. I don't know if Howie Roseman's got you know, so let's say they trade for another position. Okay, and so Howie has his press conference <laughs> after, after that trade, and someone says, you know, would you consider Jalen Ramsey or another cornerback? And he says, you know, we, I'm not going to talk about players specifically, but we exhaust all our options, but I can tell you getting Jalen Mills back is, is like, you know, getting a midseason trade. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. All right. The Eagles send. There's more. How many more are there? Well, that was the first half of Quackatology. We have four more matchups. That's, four more to go. That's not true. The Eagles send a 2021 first-round pick and a 2023rd-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for Patrick Peterson, who you know and is about to come back off suspension, um, but is a little bit older and has a massive contract. I can pull it up in a second. Or this is a big one. The Eagles need some reliability from the punt return position. The Eagles then send a conditional seventh-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for Kenyon Barner. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first here. Uh, Patrick Peterson. And first off, Patrick Peterson can, in theory, help you returning punts. Mm, that's true. Uh, but, uh, Patrick Peterson uh, only has one year left on his deal. And it is yeah. a $13 million deal that you can actually there's, – there's full, basically, cap savings if you cut him. To How me, still he? an elite player. He's, he's 29 right now. Okay. 
I think you're uh, keeping him for another year, but yeah, I I view him as an elite player, um, older than Ramsey, obviously. The Cardinals but, have said they are not trading him, but you know, and someone who the Eagles have had interest in before. So, uh, I I would not give a draft pick even if it's a even if it's a, a seventh rounder. For Kenya, I said a conditional seventh round pick. It could be like you know he has to return four punts for a touchdown. <laughs> true, true. If you don't uh, think I, Howie I, Roseman I has think... already made this Kenyon Barnett trade, then I don't know. I, th- I think I think I think this uh, this trade may have already happened. I am going with Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I would go with Peterson. I can't say that I've I've studied him closely, but everything you uh, read or hear is is that he's still. Playing at a high level, uh, I, I would always be nervous about cornerbacks around that age acquiring them and not expecting a drop-off. But if you ask me uh, between the two things that you mentioned, I would say Peterson. Okay. Next up. And, and the suspension is up when? Soon. Soon. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get that part. <laughs> it's a six-game suspension, so okay. it'll be after this week. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, they haven't had their pie. All right, we have one more Jacksonville Jaguar here, and it is an elite pass rusher who is due to be a free agent. Yannick Ngakwe. The Eagles sending a first-round pick to the Jaguars for Yannick Ngakwe, or they send a fourth-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for another impending free agent, Bud Dupree. Mm. I can jump in. Um... I think the fourth-round pick for Dupree would be more likely. Uh, I think Yannick is the better player, but I don't see the Eagles giving up a first-round pick for essentially a rental, and and well, you can resign him. They, I mean, yeah, that's they, they, uh, they make that trade. They're resigning him. They're they're trading for like resigning him, basically. Yeah, but I I just wouldn't give up my first-round pick for that. So um, I would rather give up my fourth for. But Dupree, and hope that there's a little change of scenery, um, He's emergence. Got, uh, Dupree like his has, former, he has three sacks this year. Yeah, well, but I was I was about to allude to his uh, former college teammates, Darius Smith, hmm. who busted out in Green Bay. I think I would give up a first for Ngakwe. He's only 24 years old, and they and we, we have long talked about how they are uh, in need of, of young pass rushers. So. Anyway. Yeah, but what you but but what you're saying? So, what are you going to have to pay? I mean, what yeah, motivation would he? Him, but. Yeah, but what motivation does he have to say, okay, I will sign a contract extension well, now? You, when then I you am. franchise him, and then you and then you work on a deal. Well, then then you're getting down a slippery slope there. Well, sure, but like you, you still control his rights. If you were able to come to agreement on a long term deal with him, I mean, you're going to have to pay him. Like, you know, these guys, what, Trey Flowers and these guys made, what, between 16 and 18. You're going to have to top that. He's young. He's been more productive. He did rate very highly in the Capalia Pass Rusher Index, I remember, when I did it after last year. I mean, he had nine and a half sacks last year. He had 33 quarterback hits. Mm. Uh, and so the the year before, same thing, you know, 12 sacks, 23 quarterback hit so i agree with you he is a player i would i would be certainly be interested in if i were the eagles and if i thought i could uh sign him or if he was open to coming to an agreement on some type of deal i would definitely look into that i just don't know you know you're gonna have to pay him at such a high price to prevent him 
from getting to the market, I think that might be uh, more difficult to do. It seems like the Steelers fans are really fed up with Bud Dupree. If my, uh, it, you know, their, their comments on uh, athletic articles are any indication, they okay. do not think that he has worked out uh, very well. So that would be, what did you say for him? A fourth rounder? Correct. Okay. So, and he's... Uh, 26. What's, he, what's his contract situation? He's a free agent after this year. Oh. Mm. Okay, I would say that that would be more likely, I guess. Okay. Dupree it is. You, me, and Dupree. Uh, the Eagles send a, what do I have here? A fifth-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for defensive tackle Tyler Davison, who was also a free agent to be. Um, or they call up Joe Douglas and send a second-round pick to the Jets for Robbie Anderson and a third-round pick. Oh, so you're moving down one draft round to get Robbie Anderson? Yes. Sign me up for that one. We know the Eagles have had interest in Robbie Anderson in the past. I feel like his value has dropped since last year, but. Where in the world did you pull out Tyler <laughs> Davidson from? <laughs> Honestly. I go through I would <laughs> I, I go through the teams and I go then through who's a free agent to be or uh, who is a good player that I know of? Uh, you know, I asked Jason Butt about him. He said if they keep losing, and uh, uh, what's his name has some assurances he's going to be back, then maybe, maybe. I mean, what a name, T- Tyler T Y E L E R, and it's not Davidson, it's Davison. Correct. Uh, what I like is his Twitter handle. Like you know, most of the athletes have something uh, very creative. His Twitter handle is at Davison Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be the only NFL player who just goes last name. <laughs> oh my god, oh that's that, that's the moment of the podcast. Uh, I cannot give you any kind of opinion on him. <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, moving down. He's got a little pass round, rush upside inside. That's all I know. Moving down one round to. Uh, Add some more speed to the offense, a guy they were interested in previously. I think that would be the better option. Yeah, so I, I don't understand the uh, Davison thing. First off, I, I think you, you – know, I, I, I What do you mean? They're a terrible team. they gotta, they got to get some no, picks. No, 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 no. I just think you, you, you kind of overrate how the Eagles are looking at their, their defensive tackle situation. I guess so. Number one. And number two, uh, so, so Davison, what, he, he was with the Saints the past few years – Signs with the Falcons, so so this guy who who like didn't have a huge <laughs> yeah a fourth year. rounder is too much. You're right. Yeah, so you're, you're right. giving a one year deal to a guy or right. fourth round pick to a guy on a one year deal. You're absolutely three and right. That's three a and a half sacks in sixty six. Okay. All right, let's call it a sixth. <laughs> so yeah, so all right, so all right, if it's like a seventh round pick, a sixth. That's a sixth. I still think you're you're moving down one round. To get Robbie Anderson when the reports were you offered what a third rounder last year for him? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would take that. I, my, my favorite part of this, Seaburn is just, uh, I would say, disappointed to uh, frankly disgusted at some of the compensation packages <laughs> you put together for these trades. I, I've enjoyed his reaction. Listen, the Eagles make these I'm bad trades. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one in the first round. Uh, Xavier Howard. The Dolphins' cornerback, probably probably their best player, uh, just signed a new deal. 
but we know that the Dolphins are open for business. And so I have the Eagles sending to the Dolphins a second-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year to uh, the Dolphins for Xavier Howard and a third-round pick this year. Or, okay. sorry. Yeah, is there a <laughs> for the or? Yeah. Or uh, they send a sixth-round pick to the Cardinals for uh, Tr- Tremaine Brock, who is a cornerback and is old and could be displaced when Patrick Peterson returns. Yeah, this isn't a question for me. I'll, I'll let Shield go first. Yeah, but, but you're giving you're you're looking at it as what you what, what you would rather do. I want to know what's more likely. I don't think they're trading a sixth round pick for Tremaine Brock. Like, <laughs> like they they just signed Orlando Skendrick. That's yeah, you're probably that's right. the type of player you're signing off the street, in my opinion. I, I, Xavier I Howard, agree with that. I agree with player. that. Yeah. Also, so, I believe doesn't Brock have like a. Uh, yeah, he's got like a domestic violence thing on his. Oh, does uh, he? Ooh. Yeah. Right. No, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't think you want that guy. <laughs> Let's go. I, with I didn't him. know that. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't know that it was going to come on the last episode, the last first round matchup of Quackatology, but I have officially been canceled. Well, he was in like Seattle for a camp or something, and it okay. was. Uh, it was yeah. It was not good. So whoever the other guy, yeah, Xavier Howard, right. will go. Let's with go that. quickly then through the rest of the bracket. Oh, God, really? The, the rest of the bracket is shorter than the first round. Fewer matchups. All right, Jalen Ramsey or Geno Atkins? More Ramsey. Likely. Ramsey. Leonard Williams or Chris Harris? Williams. More likely, I will say Harris. Okay, ooh, I got to break the tie. I say, I say that Harris is more likely, even though I, I think that it is unlikely. Patrick Peterson or Bud Dupree? Peterson. Peterson. I agree. Robbie Anderson or Xavier Howard? Anderson. Anderson. Hmm, okay. I might have gone with Howard. We're uh, going more likely, right? Yes. Yeah, more likely. Okay. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I think Joe wants draft picks, so. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Okay. I'm sorry. That's not his player. That's true. Uh, Jalen Ramsey or Chris Harris? Hmm. Ramsey. Yeah, I'll still say Ramsey. Patrick Peterson or Robbie Anderson? Peterson. Uh, Anderson. Ooh. I'm going to go with, with Zach on this one. I think Patrick Peterson. I have, like Patrick Peterson sort of feels to me like the, the how we move. Uh, I agree. In a sense, because everybody's focused on Ramsey, but that's the type of player they're looking at. And maybe it's, you know, the, the price is a little cheaper for Peterson, so I will go with Peterson. And that gives us straight up Peterson or Ramsey. What is more likely? Uh, Peterson. In my oh, opinion. interesting. Uh, I will say Ramsey. Oh, man, I got to crown a Quackatology <laughs> champion. The most likely Eagles trade. I'm going to go Peterson, too. Hmm. Yeah, Cardinals are feeling good. They've just gotten their first win. They don't need to. They don't need Patrick Peterson to to get this ship turned around. I also think when it comes to Ramsey, like I, I can't imagine you're sitting on your best offer right now. Uh, I know the whole expression that you know deadlines versus action, but I think that would be the case more from Jacksonville's perspective. 
Like I don't think that that the Eagles would raise whatever if if you're operating under the premise that they've already offered uh, significant compensation for for Ramsey. I don't think that price. I don't think they're going to start paying more now that they're deeper into the season. Uh, that you know that that they might be getting players back. I think the best and, and you get fewer games with him. I totally agree about that. Exactly. So I, I think the best offers already out there. Whereas. I think in Peterson's case, because he's been suspended for six games, you don't know what the market's already been, and you don't know what the market's going to be. And you don't know and how he's going to look. I, I do think that at, at some point, Arizona needs to be honest about where they are as a team. Sheila, you have no thoughts? Oh, no. I, I was hoping we were almost finished. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have any um, ombudsman things to get off your chest? All right, let me take a quick look. Uh, real creepy line where you said, uh, is Adam Gase going to go to the hospital to witness some births? I thought that, that was quite disturbing. Uh, I, agree. I agree there. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know what he, he's, he doesn't know he's been missing out on. Uh, the wedding ring story was fantastic. I honestly wish that segment went on a little bit longer, but uh, Z Berm, come on, man. You got to rinse that bad boy yeah, as soon as you get on. it out there. What are you, think, what are you thinking there? That's my disgusting. Wife said, my, 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 my wife listened today. I was and, like cringing when I heard that. Yeah, she said the same thing. Especially Noah is having seen those trash cans and seeing the clientele in the press box. I mean, who knows what's, what was in there? Well, okay. I mean, it was washed, you know, like, like when you... Yeah, at some point in the day, I washed my. At some point in the night, I washed my hands. That doesn't oh, I, count. I, I, oh, I would oh, not want that on my that's body. That's even worse. <laughs> I might actually have done a rinse and then placed it in my pocket uh, so that I could go home and do a more thorough rinse. Uh, it, come on, that's right on your skin there. There's no barrier. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I I had a big missed opportunity to to uh, mention that Zach should have kissed the ring. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, I left a couple be- plays out there the other night. The Beastie Boys conversation just, I mean, the confusion from Zach. The, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what was going on there. Uh, I want to hear more about Destiny. Who, who is it? You just threw that in there. Who is Destiny? Well, I didn't get to have a long conversation with her. She just said she, she enjoyed our work. Does she work at the link? Where she did does. You see? Yeah. And, you know, when you check in, uh, you, have to, you have to go through security. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's nice. It was fantastic. uh, It it made it a good day. You should bring her. uh, You know what you should do? Here's what you should do. You should bring her and um, her colleagues there like some uh, some donuts or some soft pretzels or something in the next game. It's a really nice idea, but now you're going to make me look like a real a-hole if she listens to this and I don't show up with anything next game. It's like four weeks away. I could forget. As we say in the Capadia household, NMP. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know what that means. Not my problem. Okay. Uh, and really disgraceful for no one to know the, the bookstore Powell's. I mean, I got on. it eventually. Yeah, but yeah. You looked it up or something, didn't you? Yeah, but at least I knew it existed. Zach was like, uh, was like I was talking about, you know, Old Town Road. Okay. I don't All like right. shopping in stores, so. Uh, no, well, but if you visit Portland, Zach, if your book yeah, were in Powell's, yeah. that would as be a, very as a, as a published author. I feel yeah, like no, that's I actually you know. really like bookstores. I really like bookstores. So, well, that's the that's the biggest uh, is the most famous bookstore in America. Is it? I think so. I think that might be right. Yeah, I think it's the biggest. It's like a it's I a I believe it is the biggest. Like, yeah. 
got a whole cafe in there. It's right downtown. Yeah. Yeah, I Check should. I, I mean, Portland. I have a good friend who lives that who who uh, lives there. It's one of those places I've always wanted to go, and I, I've always been hoping. Is it? You know, Damian Lillard. The, that the what's that? Is it Damian Lillard, your good friend? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I, I was always hoping that the Eagles Seahawks game would like proceed a bye week, and I mm-hmm. could do that that Portland Seattle Vancouver stretch. Here's what you do: you you Is plan a little. You plan a little Berman family vacation for do it like, uh, you know, after uh, minicamp's over next year, you get that stretch three to four weeks. That's the time to be in the Pacific Northwest. You know, nice weather, nice and cool. Not going to get the humidity here. You can you can take the whole family out there. I always heard like uh, NBA writers say that for that stretch of time when Seattle, Vancouver had a team. Like that was always uh, a, a period on the beat. You were real excited for the Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. Hmm. Zach totally ignores my. It's uh, not the well. It's, it's not the heat. There, it's huh? the humidity okay. that'll get you. That's the thing. No, no, no. I, I think it's a good suggestion. <laughs> I, I, I don't operate like. I'm under- sorry, Berman family. I, you know, I tried yeah, to. I know. Uh, Nice I know his wife's like, you. "Oh, what a lovely idea!" Yeah. Zach's Dad's like, not, "I wish I covered the NBA interested. 15 yeah. years ago." <laughs> yeah, she's. I mean, just you know, just the thought of like a two-year-old on a plane for six hours is is, uh, is that scares me. Yeah, then you can do this now. Now I'll, I'll do an NMP for you. Mm. Uh, you you can have your uh, when you reserve your seats, you you have your wife get one by herself somewhere in a row near the front. You take both kids in another spot to make up for all the, uh, you know, oh, the, that is um, the long hours you work during football season. How about that? My wife is a big Bo fan. She, all her allegiances might go to Shield now because <laughs> yeah. well, I, I promise you, if she gets to this point in the podcast, then <laughs> which is no I guarantee, sitting with her on a flight. I'm not again. sure anyone I, is going to yes, get this far. For every flight we 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 go on, we we haven't flown with the two kids yet. But for any flight we go on with these two kids. Uh, I am going to have a row with both of them, and she will be up front. I promise you that's going to happen now that she heard that. That's good. I, I, I mean, I know I'm never doing that. but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but You don't travel anymore, so you're not missing as much time. Uh, you don't know what family vacations I have planned. Mm-hmm. No, I mean during the oh, season. You're not missing. Oh, what? Like, you think I'm sitting uh, sitting at home just uh, doing daddy daycare all day no, long? No, but that's a one-day affair. You're not also I'm missing Saturday. Okay. Uh, is all that right. was that all your notes? It's all my notes. You did you want to just uh, confirm that Princeton football is the official team of Birds with Friends? There's no question about that. Okay. All right. All right. That'll do it for this episode of uh, Birds with Friends. A very long one. You're welcome. For Zach and Shiel and Coach Flynn. Thank you for listening. Penn sucks. And as <laughs> always, we love you. friends